Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Welcome to it. A happy Tuesday to you and yours. First day of the week that we're with you. Again, uh, a big thank you to all our, our families who have sent uh, their loved ones over uh, to, to the military service for everything that they've done. And uh, we remember yesterday all those who paid that ultimate price. So we can be here doing what we do, enjoying our freedoms and talking about sports. I'm Austin Norman, joined on the stream by Mr. Eric Strickland. Strick, what's up? How you doing? <coughs> Man, grateful. As you said, my father had served 21 years, as well as I've had friends and, and other family members. Um, just grateful for the wonderful work that they continue to do and their service to us and our country uh, to allow us to have the freedoms that we have. So truly a great celebration on yesterday for those individuals. We're grateful for them. And uh, I mean, it just seems like the months just continue to roll on. We're already in May, but uh, we'd be remiss yeah. if we didn't say we're also grateful in a, in a much different way to Mary Ellen's uh, Charles and his crew down there at 27th and Pine Lake for the great work they do in uh, keeping us fed uh, and the Lincoln community, especially down south. Stop by, check them out uh, starting on Wednesday. Lots to get to, Strig. Busy, long weekend. We're going to be pretty NBA heavy here in this first hour. Plenty of headlines, a lot to get to with the Heat and Celtics, then the Heat and the Nuggets. We do have the shootout with Strick coming up as well. But then we'll also talk a little bit about expansion teams. The Vegas Golden Knights advanced to the Stanley Cup for the second time, dominating road win in Game 6. You've got some thoughts. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. Um, let's start with this, though. 103-84, Game 7. Uh, it's the Heat over the Celtics. There's a lot that goes into it, Strick. There's a lot, I think, that went down. But to me, it's as simple as Boston shot poorly, Miami shot well enough. Is there more to it than that? Um, there's really not. I mean, a lot of people are going to put uh, a little bit of emphasis on the fact that Jason Tatum, <laughs> the first play dang near of the game, <laughs> twists his ankle a little bit. Yes, I think that does play a part. But at the end of the day, Jason Tatum alone by himself was not going to get it done, especially with the way – that Miami was actually playing uh, this night. You, you shoot, I think at one point they were 0 for 10. I think maybe mm -hmm. 1 for 11 by the time they finally hit a shot. And it might have been Horford, Horford or um, it was either Horford or uh, maybe, was it maybe Brown? I can't remember. But somebody finally hit one. It was like 1 for 11. And then they end up uh, shooting 42 times. And you go 9 you just can't do it because your trade-off is so bad. When you when you miss threes and you live and die by the three like they actually did, they got back into the series basically by the three-point line. Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum in one game, it was threes and Jason Tatum's getting downhill at will, just finishing at the rim. <clears throat> it seemed like Miami was playing with no passion, a lot of lackluster, uh, flare. They didn't have no no fire. They didn't have no fire in their in their eyes. It seemed like, and so they put themselves in this situation. I actually thought it was over, and that situation happens. Brown kind of up and down. They they miss a lot of shots. You had great uh, game by a few of the players. A couple of them White played tremendous defense, and I think I have a stat on that. I mean, when you look at just what White was able to do as far as playing defense in, the, in in multiple series. There was a lot of success there. Derek White 
in his defense in the playoffs against Trey against Trey Young in that series. He go the 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 the, the team Trey Young goes sixteen for forty seven for thirty four percent with seven turnovers and five blocks. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey goes twelve for thirty two. These are these are in games that mean something mm-hmm. for for the series. Twelve for thirty two. Uh, 37.5%, two turnovers, and he blocked his shot once. And then against Jimmy Butler, he goes 12 for 23. I mean, sorry, 12 for 31, 38%, one turnover, and he blocked his shot four times. So you can't you can't fault Derek White. Derek White played tremendous. He goes five for 12, two for nine. He has 18 points. He's the second leading scorer on the team. You can't fault him. But you would have hoped to have got something. 84 points in a finals closeout game is just not going to get it done. It's not going to happen in any way. But let's give a shout out on the other side mm-hmm. to what happened. And it's your boy, Caleb Martin. And we know who Caleb Martin is. He's got a famous Martin father who we played against in the conference finals. They actually beat us in six mm-hmm. in the New Jersey debt, uh, Newton in, uh, for the New Jersey Nets at the time. And uh, Kenyon Martin was a phenomenal player as well. And his son stepped up at the most opportune time and the most ne- uh, the, 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 the time that was most necessary for the Miami Heat. And it was game seven in the garden, um, 11 for 16, four for six from three, man. He was the one that made the difference in this game. He's a good size to be a swing guy, kind of a role player there where he's not plays good D too. Plays Great good D, D. good yeah. length. Um, not a primary guy on offense, but again, he he took what the defense gave him. He took the open shots, little one dribble pull ups, got to the rim a couple times. A very well rounded game, and I think that's what Miami needed. Um, I want to save the Heat conversation for a sec because we'll talk about them and their X factors against the Nuggets next segment as we reflect on Boston season coming to an end. Jalen Brown goes 8 of 23. Looked like he was bothered by a hand. Not great decision making, but he wasn't the only one. The ball didn't move for Boston. That zone completely flummoxed them. Jalen Brown mm-hmm. was a bit of a chucker, but again, if you're not going to hit threes out of a zone and you're not going to get offensive rebounds to counteract it, that's a tough way to make a living. What's the next move for Boston? Do they run it back with this group? You know, the group that came back from down 3-2 against Philly and then forced a game 7 against Miami? Or... Did getting down in those series, having those deficits say, yeah, something's off. Let's spend this offseason trying to figure out what it is and make a move. So it sounds like uh, Brogdon was 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 injured some. So he wasn't able to really give them everything that they need. I think they've got to take a look at the young fella, the Pritchard kid. Um, I don't know if that that works for them as far as the way that the team is is built being that they're very long and and, and and team that has a lot of length and height, and they like that. Uh, I don't think I, – I, listen, I love the way Horford plays. I just – they've got to figure out a way to do something because uh, Robert Williams has got to expand his game. He can't be so limited in what he he does as far as just being a rim protector. That's not going to work for them. Then you got to ask the question, is Grant Williams the guy that you want? I think they probably would love to turn it over to Hauser – and see if Hauser can kind of fit into that mix a little bit. You've got to figure out with Derek White. I think he's a he's a great fit for this team. But then you've got to decide on whether or not the combo of Jalen Brown and Tatum is capable of getting you to where you want to be. That's really what it's going to come down to. Marcus Smart's going to be Marcus Smart. He's not going to do anything spectacular. He's going to give you some every now and then. But at the end of the day, 
your key components is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. What they do and the decisions that they make going forward, I think, has to be centered around them and how they're going to make additions and add additions is going to be determined on whether or not uh, they're able to part ways with 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 those. I don't think Jason Tatum's going to be the one that it does it. But they've got to figure out a way to get it and acquire some assets so that they can they can really fill in some holes. It's still interesting to me that Brad Stevens is running the show there in Boston. Might be a make or break offseason for him. The other guy that I think we have to talk a little bit about is the coach, Joe Missoula. Obviously, yeah. you know, thrust into this situation under unfortunate circumstances, easily avoidable on Udoka's part, but he's in Houston now. Again, he's a rookie coach that took his team to the edge of the finals, found a way to rally them from down 3 nothing. Did he show you enough to say he can be the guy for a team with championship aspirations like Boston, or does he need some more seasoning down the bench somewhere, and does Boston need to, to you know take a look at that spot too? I feel bad for him because you're you're absolutely right. He was kind of thrust into this situation. He was pretty pretty much dealt a hand that he didn't actually have a, a chance. So just imagine getting a poker hand that you have and you don't actually have a chance to turn in in cards. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you're actually just stuck with the cards that you got, and you kind of got to work from that. And and I think I got I've got to give him credit. He did a tremendous job for the most part. Now, had they have gotten sweeped or lost in. I might have felt a little bit different, but he was able to get them, get those guys, keep them together, get them rallied, as you said, and and to make a run at it. It just came up short. I don't, I don't really put the fault or the onus on him in this situation. There's really not much they can do other than draw up some things. Uh, but I will say he did get out coached. Spolstra, I like what they did. Spolstra, they knew that ultimately they were trying to protect Robert Williams or keep him or even Horford. And so they ran a couple of, they ran a couple of sets that made it look like they were going to go guard to guard and get to a switch that they wanted uh, maybe on, on white or Tatum or somebody like that. And they, and they would use it kind of like a, a double pick and they would use the other side get them to the matchup that they wanted in the place that they wanted to allow Jimmy Butler to be able to work more effectively. So that's why you saw his assist Mm -hmm. numbers were solid, but you also saw that uh, he was able to get to the basket a little bit more. So he had a little bit more success tonight, last night. The Heat become the second eight seed in NBA history to make it all the way to the NBA Finals. The first team that ever played in a play-in game to make it all the way to the Finals. Let's break down the Heat a little bit more next. Uh, Who are their key players? Who are their X-Factors? But also the team on the other side, the one seed from out west, the Denver Nuggets, making their first NBA Finals appearance in team history. They've gotten close to the Finals before, never been on this stage. Let's break that down on the other side of this break. 